Welcome to our newest episode of Interculture Podcast. I'm Ibrahim. And I'm Jenna. We are back again. I should say that we were gone a couple weeks, but don't fret, we have returned. <laughs> There's been a bit of a bug going around. People got sick. Yeah. More than a week, maybe like two weeks. Yeah, I was sick for a week. So what else is new? I I can't say I'm doing really good rather than saying just doing okay, I guess, because I'm pretty depressed about the earthquake that happened in Turkey, you know? Yes. Millions of people became like homeless at a night. We're trying to patch things up, but it's going to take a long time. You know, it's going to change a lot of things. So I feel really like sad about it. Some people are having to live in tents right now. Tents containers in the street whatever like there was a recent story i mean we're gonna talk about immigration today but um just this past week there was a boat full of migrants coming out of turkey to italy which sank there are many dead including children and an infant and this has been like a huge crisis and it seems to only be ramping up I mean, nowadays there are not just Syrians, but with the rise of the Taliban, also a lot of people from Afghanistan are trying to get through the Mediterranean to Europe. And I hear politicians talking about this problem in Italy mostly, and I don't feel like they have good solutions for this. There's been thousands of deaths in the last few years trying to pass the Mediterranean Sea. And the the proposal is let's prevent the ships from taking off. And it's like it's not working. People are going to find some way to get out. Like that's not going to slow down, you know? Yeah. I just don't hear like any good arguments for stopping these deaths. Well, it is a pattern. I think the real problem is what 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 drives them so much that they don't want to live somewhere they they were born. Well, you know? we have to consider that when we think about immigrants coming in. There's no solution. There's no other country can find a solution for that. Well, yeah. Shitty governments and it's mostly a dictatorship or like uh, some sort of an extremist ideological driven people has been running the country and then when you like discriminated by your own government or by your own people you what do you do you leave you can't you can't stay there i mean it's a societal problem yes that's why i just think you can't make the solution to stop people from coming you know it's like in new york we have these locations where people can come and get clean needles or personal drug use in the city and a lot of people talk about how this is encouraging drug use among the population but those people are going to use drugs whether they can find a clean needle or not they're going to continue to use drugs and providing them with clean needles is saving lives and preventing disease and the spread of disease i almost feel like it's a comparable situation except for the fact that these are people just trying to live not even you know they're just, they just want to live. So we need to provide 
a safe way for them to migrate and for them to like get in line to acquire like asylum or visas or something Mm -hmm. regardless of how you feel about allowing immigrants to come into the country like there just needs to be a way for them to arrive safely like whether or not they're going to be allowed to like stay and be a legal citizen okay yeah maybe you disagree with with that but just provide the infrastructure there to get them there safely because the priority has to be preventing needless suffering and human death you know like we we have to put that above all of our stupid political concerns of course there are many people who are apathetic and they don't care about loss of human life especially if it's not people in their own country so i know that's a hurdle to get over but i don't think it's unreasonable to ask people to want to like not allow people to die grim topic i know and I agree with you. Just, uh, I think the content is not that big to accommodate all of the, the migration coming in their way. So, but yet they come and they're yeah. hiding. Yeah. I mean, we saw this in the U.S. That shipping truck full of migrant people crossing like the southern border that died in the truck because of high temperatures. I mean. Maybe that's a solution for some people is is saying, well, they're dead, so they're not our problem anymore, you know, but it's like we can't allow ourselves to lose our humanity in this way. Like whether or not there's a place for them, they're coming. We can't control that. You just can't stop it. As many walls as you want to build, Donald Trump. So we just have to like keep people safe and keep people alive. That just has to be the priority. I think there's a there's a theory around that when you like get stricter rules about your borders and your immigration policy or your visa process, people are tend to not leave if they come here with a visa. But if if you allow them to travel back and forth, it's not gonna be a much problem like this. Of course, you cannot give everyone. A visa, of course, if they're like, a, if they have a criminal record or whatever. I don't, I'm not saying I, I defend it, I just. But you're saying if it's harder to legally immigrate? Yeah, if they're just going to try to find legal, legal ways or once they get in, they're never going to leave. Hmm. I, something I hear a lot is the people coming here for work, not necessarily migrant workers, but People coming here to make money because their economic circumstances aren't that good. They aren't interested in trying to stay because it's just the process is too difficult um, to legally be able to stay here. And there's what can you do like when you you can only work under the table, you know, if you have no documentation. So they're not willing to do like some of these like manual labor jobs or live at risk for like years and years of their lives you know they so they will stay for a bit and they're like i'm not even gonna bother trying to apply for a visa or whatever because the process takes so many years and it's so hard and i don't want to be like destroying my body and like when i'm 50 years old be doing like these this menial labor you know like in this country that's not even my home so they leave like after a couple of years. You have the highest immigrants of all history right now. 
the highest amount of immigration. Yeah. I'm not surprised. And it's just going to be more and more as we get more like climate change. Oh, that's another issue. There's rising authoritarianism and then there's also more issues with the environment. So with both of those things, the wave of immigration is just going to like keep coming and coming. Yeah, people are going to move out from the closer to the Ecuador line to Arctic Circle. But I feel like I know quite a bit about immigration for people who are married to a U.S. citizen at this point, having to fill out a lot of documents and stuff myself and prepare <laughs> yeah, for like... you can like, become a lawyer very I'm soon. I'm <laughs> going to be a lawyer. No, I have the smallest little fraction of like a million textbooks full of information about immigration law. It's so ridiculous. And I remember, you know, growing up, like there was someone with like a green card on like this TV show I used to watch as like a young person. And now like I realize that is just the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. Like they act like they just walked up to USCIS and were like, can I have a green card? And they're like, sure, stamp it, you know. I think it was like that before. Was it really? I don't know. From another country? Before the lottery, they were giving they were giving it away to people who are studying here, studying in one of the like U.S. universities. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Back then, the country needed a lot of how can I say workforce. So that's true. Anyway, getting a green card in the U.S. one of the hardest things. Many many years, many document filings, every single document about you. They're going to know everything about you, your history, your employment history, your tax history. They're going to know like your body, like your weight, your fingerprints, you know, like if you whatever you've been associated with in your entire life, they're going to know. It's a pretty crazy process. It's very difficult, not for the faint of heart. But I mean, if you really, really want to do it, you can. It's just it's going to cost you time and money. And I'm talking thousands for a lawyer and years when it comes to filing so it's not so simple i think that, i guess that's fine it's fine that yeah. it's so hard to get a green card i okay i get like it should be difficult to get citizenship in this country like sure yeah that makes sense but the fact that it's so hard to get a visa or so hard to like establish residency or like get a work visa yeah Nowadays, nowadays is even, even harder. Yeah. Well, I know for a while they were sort of restricting the number of people who could get visas from certain countries. Yes. So it's like, well, if you didn't apply in time, like you're kind of out of luck there. But uh, we know someone who won the lottery, right? Uh, green card lottery. Yeah. How unfucking believable is that? One of the easiest paths to coming to the U.S. is like you win the lottery. <laughs> <laughs> Even though that takes that takes a year. Still. Still, you know, process still. that. That's not guaranteed, though. Like you could get denied even though you win the lottery. So. Well, you better not have anything in your background, I guess. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Why did you come to the U.S.? <laughs> because of the language. English? Yes. They speak English all over the place. 
I guess uh, culturally, I felt closer here. Really? Yeah, I mean, I grew up watching. I was watching a lot of movies and you know TV serial, and they all like happened to have in in the US. And also in school, we get taught in an American accent. But I mean, you don't move to a new country because because you want to speak a new language, right? Well, I thought in that. At that time, in order to learn this language, you know, really good, yeah, I have to live there, you know. Okay, well, that makes sense, yeah. But what's the motivation for becoming fluent in English for you? I'll find better jobs, obviously, and because of my major. If you can speak English, you're basically you're no one, so no one's gonna no one's gonna hire you. Okay. Looking at corporate jobs, you know, managerial jobs. You have to speak the language like like you're a native person, able to write in a really advanced level. But you're still here now. After mm-hmm. I mean, I would say your English is at that level. For yeah, sure. I fall in love with the place. Really? <laughs> yes, I fall in love. That's why. I can't tell if you're being sarcastic. Well, uh, the real reason for me is it's a little political. Also, I see. Even though, like, I want to go back there, I just, like, really bothered by the political climate in the country. I'm, like, hoping that's, that will change soon. Which, um, maybe. Maybe, will, yeah. But, but, yeah. I mean, I find American politics one of the least desirable aspects of this country. Like, but at least there is, like, a, a sliver of hope there that you know, we can hold on to a democratic secular government, which I think is something Turkey is going to struggle to come out of at this point. Not like it's impossible. I'm not saying it's never going to happen, but I think it's just going to take a long time. There's a level of corruption too with government officials. So I get what you're saying, but I don't know. American life must be must be pretty satisfying for you to want to come here. I would say, yeah, really satisfying, extremely. Well, that's good. <laughs> well, I'm glad you came to the U.S. Oh, thank you. And I think you fit in with Americans. I don't know what that means exactly. Is that offensive? I don't know. No, I I know what you mean. That's actually I I wanted that myself. I wanted to fit in. It's not that I'm changing my character to opposite. It just Culturally speaking, I wanted to, I should know the standards and what people like here, you know? Well, what I hear about people who live in a new country, the ones that are happy and who thrive are the ones who are curious and they are open-minded to a new place. Like they want to grow and the people who are more just looking to better their own social circumstance, but aren't really willing to change or to be open. Those are the people who struggle the most in a new country. I mean, I, I don't have like document evidence for that, but. <laughs> yeah, I can relate to that. And that's all started with learning the language first, which most of us are struggles to get it done. Learning the language is a big deal, which we've talked about. Mm-hmm. And I think it's like the key, really, I don't know, to having a deeper relationship with the, your surroundings and the people there. Going back to immigration again, what makes people fear most 
I think the assimilation and become minority in your own country. I spend a lot of time listening to news about alt-right figures in America. And, you know, there's this great replacement theory and this concern that there's not enough white children being born in our country and people are moving away from Christianity and I don't know, something about how we should fear all non-white people <laughs> or something. And yeah, that's uh, very concerning. But I, I understand both like sides of this argument, which is one is we should be open to all kinds of people and we should live next to them and, and welcome them. And on the other side, it's like we have our traditions and our culture and a life that is familiar to us. And we don't want that to go away. You know, a lot of people think about legacy. Like, I want my kids to grow up in the same country I did. Whether or not that's a, a noble desire or not, let's put that aside. But I understand and I think where the danger lies is pushing people too hard too quickly. Yeah, things are always shifting in culture. Culture is not like this monolithic thing that like stands throughout the test of time unchanged. You know, it's it's a blob and it's always going to change and you can't stop it from changing. But you also don't want to feel like you're being forced to change one day to the next, you know, you don't want to feel like everything that is familiar and comfortable to you is gone in a brief period of time. So I think it's this sort of balancing act that people aren't good at doing, which is being open to like different kinds of people, allowing them in your community and treating them with respect and giving them representation in your government. That is good. But we can't force people to understand and accept you can't force it you know what i think there is difference between not wanting them at all in your country and not seeing yourself equal to them isn't that extremely connected though there's a slight difference you don't want different people from different culture that being like neighbor to you because you see them as a, as equal to your race or your culture some sort of a superior to them or like you afraid of your own culture is going to be like dominated by them sounds like pretty much the same but i think the reason they can't be friendly and opening is because they feel threatened and they see their own culture or race or whatever or nation as superior the superior way because if they didn't they would welcome a new culture right Mm -hmm. that's the thing is but my i don't want someone listening to this me as some sort of a white nationalist you know I who's want, gonna say you're a white nationalist you you never know you post these things in tiktok so i don't know what kind of people watches this so <laughs> i should set things straight i'm not posting our whole podcast to tiktok <laughs> but um yes yeah, so i see that mirrors itself in the in the politics we are bordering with Syria, just like here, you're with Mexico, right? Because of the civil war, we had like millions of refugees and they live like closer to the border towns that closer to their country. So the, their population become more like dominant there right now. So some of the politicians are using that. I would say like 
living with different culture other than you, it's, I, I find that some sort of a richness. There's a life perspective. I, I find that rich and I would, I would be happy. So I'm trying to just put myself in the position of the people who are scared. It all boils down to the job opportunities at the end. People think that refugees are treated better than their own citizens, you know? I mean, I don't think that is uh, the point of conversation most dominant here. When yeah, it's talk not. It's, 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 it's kind of different here, but... In Turkey, yeah. There's a, even a political party circled around that, so... Well, I'm just trying to look at it in that perspective. What is the dark fear that my values are not represented? Mm-hmm. Like, not represented person that whose culture no longer matters. I think the fear is, one of the fears is people who comes here, like, commits crime in... That's like a periphery argument, though. I, I'm trying is, to go to, like, the root of it. Yeah, the thing is, you... In, in the U.S., people come here for mostly to get a better education or, like, better job opportunities, you know? Yeah, both. Also, you have, like, better educational institutions here, like, best universities in the world, so... I think there's more of a like opportunistic ground for people to thrive here. A lot of people are coming here because they can find safety here. We can't forget like that is a huge motivation for some people to come here is to not be persecuted. Yeah. The thing about the criminals though, like they're saying <laughs> bad people are coming here. It's one of the things that Trump was using in his yeah. campaign. He was absolutely saying that, which is not true. We know it's just a dog whistle to racists, basically. He doesn't actually believe that Mexico is sending all their rapists and their murders to the U.S. He doesn't actually think that. It's just like part of this this narrative to demonize non-white people. I mean, that's that's what it is. They're not actually like scared for their lives because there's a Mexican person in the room. You know, that's not, that's not it. It all comes down to like, I need to have the most influence for my identity and for my legacy. Well, side note, I wish we could take apart the religion thing aside, not just Christianity. Because religion put ideologies in your, in your mind. It just makes the spectrum get wider. Looking at the situation in Iran, where just the last couple of weeks, girls in schools have been poisoned by the Islamic Republic, we could say <laughs> that there's danger in religious nationalism. I think that's clear. But I mean, I value the religious freedom we have in this country. And I think that's one of the most important things to like uphold in America is the right to practice freely. But yeah, you can't say, you can't make one religion the national religion. It just doesn't work because you are (laughs) disenfranchising however many people who don't ascribe to that or even don't ascribe to the particulars of how you interpret your religion. Even one couple got arrested because they. They were dancing in a public place. There was a Iranian couple. They were like protesting. I know that dance has been like a form of protest there. And then they got arrested. <laughs> it's crazy. Going back to the fear of immigrants. I'm sympathetic to people who feel forced to accept new things before they're ready to. 
But on the other hand, that's going to happen regardless because as we get older, we find ourselves further distance from each coming generation. The culture shifts and the thing, the values of like kids two generations from now is going to be vastly different from ours and the cultural norms are going to be different. And if, if you look at every single generation throughout history, people are uncomfortable with that. They don't like the fact that the world they grew up in is changing. It's uncomfortable. The identity of the people in your country is going to change regardless of whether there are people moving in and changing it. So it's, it's kind of silly to fight. I guess like everyone has this inner feeling that you're proud of your nation, your, your nationality too much. Even like Turkish nationalists back in Turkey, they're in, they in charge of Turkey right now. I could, see, I could see that. I guess like everything becomes about you and your culture. You just become too, too proud of it. Well, it's even funnier when you look at like every country on earth and you'll see it's nationalists who say, yeah, our country's the best, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? Right. I think we both feel like it's important to remember what is driving someone to leave their country, which is everything they've ever known, their family, the things that matter to them to leave and go to a new country, even if you're are comfortable and you could move back home, like whatever your the circumstance, like to the motivation to leave is like it has to be pretty strong for you to make that leap. Of course it's ugly to it comes down to money. <laughs> it all comes down to money. It just that's what you do it for. If I think about Americans who have left America, you know, it's it's largely like because of political reasons. And, you know, there's this idea too that there are better opportunities in in Europe. Mm-hmm. Which might not be the case always. I think it's for a lot of Americans, like the grass is always greener. For myself, I realized, and I think I've talked about this recently too, that I'm like extremely privileged to live in this country. Like, even though I... I personally have witnessed like extreme poverty like is rampant in this country yes that's true but also we have extremely strong freedom of speech laws equality for people of like all religions and sexualities whatever like economic opportunities here educational opportunities and a lot of freedom and a lot of privilege like we can live pretty opulent lives here in America. That's not to say there aren't people struggling, people who can't afford education, people who live who are living paycheck to paycheck, you know, like that's very true. But just looking at it at this point in my life, I just realize like how extremely privileged I am to grow up in this country where you can see people coming here for protection from authoritarian governments, people coming here for education, even people coming here for healthcare, if you can imagine that. We do have a robust healthcare system, as fucked up as it is, still, in terms of quality of care. And I think a lot of Americans <laughs> don't view, have that same view. We're so critical of like our culture and our government. 
that we sometimes forget just how good we have it here. That's just something I think about. Well, in the United States, such a wide and big country, you still have a certain amount of people you can accommodate here. So I don't know what's going to be in the, in the future, but. I mean, I say fill up this country. It's fucking huge. <laughs> When you have okay, people yeah. from Europe come here they and drive through, through America, they're like, what the fuck is this? There's nothing. But you cannot build cities everywhere. You cannot like... Okay, sure. But we could build a lot of cities that do not exist yet. Think about Las Vegas, right? Nobody said, let's build a city in this insanely hot desert. But we're like, you know what? It's here. Let's let's do it. Like let's build these casinos. Yeah, and that dry that that city is drying up. Colorado River right now. All right, let's not get into <laughs> it. But I'm just saying, we have so much land, not even occupied yeah. by agriculture, mm -hmm. just mm -hmm. sitting. Yeah, the great state of Texas. <laughs> I suddenly remember. We just drive and drive. <laughs> It's huge. Yeah, let's fill it up. Just make our economy bigger. We can afford to have a larger population in some states, for sure. Make migrant towns again. Anyway. Well, you can know who's, who's going to become immigrant over 50 years now. You're going to become an immigrant of Mars, maybe. Not happening. Not a <laughs> chance. Okay, okay, yeah. I don't see myself going there, of course, but... I'm never leaving this planet. <laughs> You couldn't pay me billions of dollars. I would never leave Earth. <laughs> <laughs> I get altitude sickness, okay? You're not getting me on a rocket. Yeah. Not happening. And also, this planet's beautiful. Why are we going to give it up so easily? You want to go live on Mars? Mars looks like shit. There's yeah, no exactly. waterfalls on Mars. Exactly. People are crazy. I agree. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. If I'm going to be living in New York the rest of my life, it's not like I've never considered the possibility of living in Turkey. I'm not going to say that's never crossed my mind, but it would be extremely, extremely hard for me. <laughs> very, very hard. Yeah. There's no Whole Foods in Turkey. Yeah, there's no. <laughs> there's not even a Target. Target's not. There's no Walmart. You can't even find Walmart in Turkey. Can you believe that? <laughs> I thought Walmart was everywhere, but no. We have our own, uh, yeah, <laughs> department store. But uh, it's not so easy to like pick up, especially if you're coming from like a place like the U.S. and you grew up like with all these, <laughs> I don't know, uh, amenities, let's say, of living in a, a modern post-capitalist society. And then you're going to try to go live in a different country that maybe doesn't have some of those same things available to you. I don't know. People, I think people underestimate how hard it is to move to a new country. Like me sitting on my laptop all day. Like, can I imagine running through a desert from Mexico into the U.S. like nearly dying to do that? It's insane. And yeah, changing your whole life, maybe not speaking a language. Even that, like, even not speaking the language, even if you're in a similar culture, like, it's, it can be devastating to you. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess I don't, I'm not really talking to you. I'm more talking Because <laughs> uh, you know better than me. You can say. 
I was pretty fortunate. The place I landed first, I had like the greatest people on earth. So I never felt like I walked here from, from a desert. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've talked to people who they spent the night in Central Park some nights because they couldn't afford. Mm -hmm. You never know what people are going through. You always talk about how you were lucky. Like, I feel like you're appreciative of like the life you have. I think that's a really nice thing. Well, I don't know. I have mixed feelings going through like my old memories. How I like first landed here, you know, going all through that. But on the side of immigration, speaking globally, it's <laughs> somehow find a way to adapt these people in your country and accommodate them. I think there's a goodness in it. Something I feel lately is that curiosity is a virtue. And that if you can feel curious about people who look differently, speak differently, live differently, or believe different things, if you can have that curiosity, like that's going to lead to connection and acceptance and just mutual understanding. I mean, once, once you've decided that you no longer need to know anything you like you know it all or all that matters i mean that's when you've just closed the book on growth and exploration you know if we can foster that sense of curiosity if they just can feel some sense of interest it won't be as hard that's a really good way to put things thank you yeah <laughs> <laughs> So I promise next week we will be back. I know I said that last time and that was not true. <laughs> but, you know, you can't control getting sick sometimes. So we will return to you next week. But in the meantime, you can find us on social media or email us. Thank you, as always, for listening. See you next week. Please follow us on social media. You can find us. <laughs> I'm sorry, I feel like you're like, please do social media, even though I hate it. <laughs> Email us at interculturepodcast at gmail.com or follow us on social media at interculturepod.